0: You'll be energised by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. Hello everyone, welcome to Positivity Strategist. I'm your host, Robin Stratton-Burkessel, and today my guest is Tim Slack. Tim is an experienced Appreciative Inquiry Master Practitioner and co-founder of Appreciating People. Now, the company Appreciating People... Is recognised as a UK leader in the applications of AI in organisations and communities. So, Tim, thank you for being with me today. How are you?
1: Very well, and welcome from uh, hello from uh, rainy Liverpool.
0: Oh, rainy Liverpool! I was curious about if you're still based in Liverpool.
1: We are just down the road from the Beatles' house.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. In fact. Um, uh, you know, your partner, Suzanne Quinney, and I had a conversation some months ago and, um, yeah, we talked a little bit about um, living in that same area. Yes. <laughs> so I think that's pretty awesome.
1: And not far from Penny Lane either.
0: Oh, my goodness. Such rich well, history for us.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Uh, do tourists still come by?
1: Oh, thousands.
0: Yeah, yeah. And,
1: uh, the other thing for me is interesting is I because uh, for an American contact, that 90% of American service people came through Liverpool in World War I and World War II. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah.
1: There's a, a massive strong link between America, between the USA and Liverpool.
0: Yeah. The Mersey River, right?
1: The Mersey River.
0: Yep, great. So, Tim, I just want to say how admiring I am of the groundbreaking work that you, Suzanne, and your associates have done um, in the area of social innovation, innovations and using AI in these different contexts. I know that you continue to add richly to all the resources um, to AI in the world and you're opening up possibilities of all kinds of areas and in all kinds of populations. And I know we can talk about the work you're doing in schools and hospitals, the military, museums, universities, churches. In fact, I realise that there are a number of very exciting, hot-off-the-press items that you can share with us today, so I feel really privileged to be able to have these conversations with you. However, before we get there, Tim, um, I like to ask my guests about their initial experience with AI. So I'm curious, did you discover AI or did AI discover
1: you? That's a good question. I discovered AI alongside discovering my now wife, Suzanne. (laughs) Uh because Zan, Zan Quinney had lived in Finthall in Scotland and had discovered a priest inquiry up there. And when we met uh, a few months later, she said to me, after we met, have a look at this. And, and I went, wow, because I'd spent 25 years working in regeneration and in community development, and I realised something wasn't right. We'd taken a deficit view of communities, and that wasn't my experience. I'd discovered people in communities with enormous strengths and skills, but that wasn't how the professionals reacted to them. So when I discovered AI, I went, oh, this is very interesting. Uh, and that was then the start of the journey, uh, and a journey that included uh, being extremely lucky to be trained by Jane Rakuda Watkins and Anne Radford and then Jackie Cowell. So we had been very blessed to have those experiences to be trained. Um, I think I worked it out one day. I had gone through 100 days of training in AI um, through masterclasses with Jane, etc. cetera. So that, that's where it all started.
0: That's marvellous. And, I mean, yeah, learning and being able to sit at the feet of the best is is just fantastic. What about, how did you kind of immediately start applying it, the, apply the, the learnings and the teachings? Well,
1: I mean, looking back on it in a very amateur way, uh, I, no, I got caught up in the idea that it was a set of tools. Uh, I hadn't really discovered the principles properly until mm. I did my training um, a couple of years later after practising and learning reading all about it. And then I realized a set of major influences over – one was, without doubt, Jane and Ralph, and I was very blessed to call them our friends, um, and Anne. But also, I discovered your work, Funny enough, um, in your book, um, Examples of AI, how it was the first one I was really reading where I saw a practical approach to AI, Mm. Uh, and then a parallel to that was Jackie Kelm's work, and then, without doubt, Uh, Jackie appreciating appreciative uh, living was a major influence on us. So that's where those influences came in. And then I began to apply it simply as it went on, we realized that how flexible it was. And at the same time, we are working in communities, we realized that this, this was a great way of working in communities of communities of disadvantage or poverty where we actually looked at their assets and their strengths and we Mm. saw people grow individually and and powerfully through that experience. Mm.
0: Yeah, I love that you say that you could see the practical applications of AI at a very different level from purely in academic circles or in major large institutions or in big organisations and corporates. And I think, you know, that's probably the trend that we're going is you can do appreciative inquiry one-on-one in these micro-experiences, micro, micro experiences. and it is about personal transformation. So I'm, I'm so excited that, you know, that was kind of your insight because you've been doing a lot of, you know, I, I mean, I, I know that, um, that you're working a lot in journaling for different kind of populations, um, and I will come to that in a little moment. Um, but I just want to say that, you know, in looking at your website, Appreciating People... You've been really good at writing up blog posts or news items that kind of capture some of the work that you're doing in these different um, groups. For example, in schools and um, in impoverished communities, and most most recently, your latest post is around appreciating church. So, can we focus on that for a moment? You know how. Tell us a little bit about that story. How did that come about?
1: Well, that was, that was actually down to Jackie Kelm in a funny way. Um, we had had uh, we had decided, because Jackie had been so helpful in our early development of journals, we asked Jackie to come over and did a course, uh, and she did. And one of the people who turned up for the course was a minister uh, from the United Reformed Church called Jane Whedon, who had discovered AI much earlier and was applying it, but one, was really interested in Jackie Kelm. She came on the course... <laughs> And uh, and during them, one of the great kind of tourist sites of, of uh, Liverpool is Albert Dock, and we're having a, a, a glass of wine as one does in, in the at the end of the course. And she said, "Tim, I think you need to meet some people in the United Reformed Church. I think we need to do it properly." So that was that was two years ago, um, and then over a period of time, we talked to people. Then suddenly we got some money and resources, and Jane was supportive. So we actually put our course on at the Windermere Center, which is in uh, Lake District, for the church. And we had 18 people from the Methodist Church, the United Reformed Church, the Baptist Church, because the Methodist Church said, hold on, if you're doing this, we're really interested. How do we get involved? (laughs) So so basically organically, it grew from this little conversation. But what was important in terms of looking back at our experience was they tried to do AI before in the churches, brought people over from the USA, very good people, for a couple of days a couple of days' input, and that was it. There was no sustainable long term intervention. Mm. so what we have de- devised over the, with our partners in the churches a long term plan to create a self sufficient community of practice within the churches at a local, national, and regional level and by the end of and that was the start of the process, So we'd be began how do we do it? We started training locally we've been put on advanced courses. And then alongside that, we realized we need to produce a book. So in January uh, 2017, Appreciating Church will appear, mm-hmm. which is a bit like yours, uh, Robin, which is where it'll have some of the AI theory in practice, plus how to do it. Here's some examples. Uh, and if, and for the church world, here's the worship materials that go with it. And the thing, the thing really is from a... Christian point of view, mm. and it's designed for churches, is that it's about a, a Christian faith around a God of abundance, ah. as opposed to a, a God about pain and difficulty and challenge. Mm. It's about working from the strengths of people and using the parables and using the bits of the Gospels and the Old Testament, which actually is shows demonstrates that example. As someone said, if you know the Bible well, someone said the Acts of the Apostle, one part of it, chapter 15, is the first AI summit. Um <laughs> The, the can, gen- can you
0: can you say what is that? What is that well,
1: verse? Chapter a- a- fifteen is about, is about this, They have a, a conference at Jerusalem to decide whether non non Jews can be Christians. And they have this conference, and they send out to the churches in Asia Minor living gospels. They're called um, to to living the living gospel out to talk to the local churches. Well, actually, living gospel means a person. Mm. They went to have conversations. With people, mm-hmm. so you, so we're seeing examples in the Bible of that kind of linkage. We can link to the AI world now. I think you know, okay, it's Christian focused, but it does actually open open the potential of AI materials being developed around other faiths. Sure, uh, and it's the potential for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, but that's where the market, that's where the work is, where at the moment is. But what is also interesting for appreciating church is, alongside all these, pro- is we're seeing even after a you know, by the end of the next March, we'll have trained 200 people on short courses and about 30 to 40 on long-term on long courses, mm-hmm. is that we're seeing stuff changing now. We're seeing how bits of the church are shifting how they do things. Mm-hmm. The ministerial training, lay support are all, all very different.
0: That's fantastic. So, Tim, these are kind of interdenominational, so...
1: Yes, it's, yes. There, it's, what they call, it's what they call an ecumenical project. Okay. Uh, it involves five churches at the moment. But, I mean, and obviously um, it'll expand as people get involved. It's up to them. But yeah. it's, I mean, um, we have, you know, in the in the resource, for example, there's one example of a African Pentecostal church in Manchester near mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Another example is this one called Open Table for the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. So it's very much a cross-section of of the traditional and the more radical end of Christianity.
0: Oh, I love that. And um, so what that says to me is what you're doing, and I know you've done this in other um, areas as well, it's really contextualising AI, right? So you're using kind of the, the worldview, the practice, the principles, the process, but in the context so that people understand the stories and the language and add their own. Yes. So when you say you're applying kind of parables and stories and references from the Bible, you know, that's meaningful for this particular community, right? Yes. And so that kind of connects them to the process even. You know, it's like, oh, well, this really speaks to us and our community and what's important to
1: us. I mean, and that, yes. And, that, for example, each of the principles has got a, a section in the book about its relevance to examples in church life, or in, in, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, so they can do a linkage between it.
0: Yeah. And so that and model you could apply to anything, you know, to any faith. Oh, any,
1: right. Any, yeah. Anything. It doesn't matter. I mean, and also I think it's something I said to you uh, by email a few months ago, weeks ago. But, you know, the opening line of the book is from a, a famous woman called Julian of Norwich.
0: That's beautiful. <laughs> Read it to us. Do you know it?
1: Yeah. I, the first, all is well. All is well is the opening line. And she is the first English woman to write a book in the English language. So the, so I will send you the full quote, which is much longer. But, uh, but the thing to remember is all is well, is all you have to remember.
0: Yeah, and that speaks to abundance, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So that's where, you know, that's where I think this thing about the context you're working in is really important. And I think, and I think the other thing I said you referred to earlier is that is there a realisation in our AI training and, and is that we have to do more about being AI that's mm. what, yeah. and how important the principles are, the core principles, and the ones that are emerging, uh, which are the emerging principles, because without those, you, will, you won't get anywhere.
0: Yeah. I've got to come back to that, but I found the quote that you sent me and I'd like oh, to read it to the- you. So the quote says, um, and this, as you say, is from... Um,
1: Dame Julian of Dame Norwich. Dame
0: Julian of Norwich. And it was around 1342 to 1416 that she lived. And this is the quote, All shall be well, all shall be well, for there is a force of love moving through the universe that holds us fast and will never let us go. That's it. Oh, it sends goosebumps, right?
1: And one of the things we're going to do with Suzanne and I is at some point next year, we're going to go and visit the church where she lived in Norwich. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they recreated the room where she lived in for a number of years. Mm. Uh, and if you get, I think, I think in America you suddenly get some BBC iPlayer. There's a program about her just come out, which is very interesting. You can probably find it on BBC World BBC.
0: Oh, I'll look out for it. Thanks for letting mm. me know that. Yes, I watch the BBC News every night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i do I'm, not, I, I, I'm, one the, I'm one of the few british people who, who isn't a bake-off fan so um uh, but anyway yeah
0: on. very good well i think this is so exciting and so the publication will be out in january and and as you said it's, it's very end, practical end january, yeah that's uh, very you'll
1: good able, you'll be able to buy it on, buy it through us um yeah online uh, on a you know through our website and also we are working cl- cr- closely now with Lindsay Godwin at the Center of AI and our hope in the medium term is that all our resources can be sold through mm-hmm. the college. Yes.
0: Uh, Fantastic. Be,
1: make it more accessible to yeah. to uh, Americans, the yeah. US population certainly.
0: And that is the David L Cooper Rider Center for um, Appreciative Inquiry up yeah. at Champlain College yeah. in Burlington, Vermont. Yeah. Yes.
1: That's the one where
0: I'm privileged to um, to teach um in one of the courses up there, so you yes, very it's very a wonderful community that we're part of.
1: It is, mm-hmm. and I, I, I really want you know. I was thinking earlier about this: is that I, if I hadn't had the if I hadn't been trained by Jane and Macruder Watkins, and she is such a role model, mm. and when you remember she, as a young white Mississippi girl, was on the Selma Bridge, yeah, you realise how important her world is. And also, you know, I don't think I would be doing appreciating church without the support of Ralph Kelly, mm-hmm. because it was Ralph that said to me, I was, "I was wanting to write a book about strategic planning after we'd done some of our training resources," and he said, "Forget that, Tim, <laughs> don't bother." And I said, "Why?" <laughs> he said, "Because that, that's not what you're good at. Write the practical stuff. Do the stuff you're really good at. The pra- making it practical." And that was that was Ralph's advice to me, which I've followed ever since. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I think Ralph is, as to me, is as important as Jane has been.
0: Yeah, yes. Um, I have um, been through Ralph. I've been trying to get Jane onto my podcast, but um, right. we'll get there. I hope because I, I would love to have a conversation with her. Because you should say she has got, you know, she's such a, um, such a pillar in the appreciative inquiry world.
1: Yeah, it is interesting because when we had when we had um, the great event in Williamsburg to celebrate Jane's life. One of the things that David Cooperider said was, if I'm the father of AI, Jane is the mother.
0: <laughs>
1: now, I, it's interesting because that, that's caused us to change some of our training materials to talk about Jane in a different way. Oh, how we, so? Well, we say things like, you know, David was the key, well, he is you know, the key founder of AI. But we also say now that Jane made it practical. Mm. That's her contribution mm. um, to AI. When you, when you write the AI history... That's where Jane is so important, um, and, he, and and that how because her chap- in her book on change the speed of imagination, her chapter on appreciative conversations is brilliant, mm-hmm. like Jackie Kelms. Um, in her book on a living about the principles is mm-hmm. brilliant. Mm-hmm. He, Jane's chapter on that, I like, think, is excellent.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, so you're talking about um, Jackie a lot, so I just want to say to the listeners that um, you can actually listen to an interview I had with Jackie on, that's on our podcast and that's episode. Just looking here, I think it's episode, where's Jackie, Jackie, Jackie? Um, I think it's 14 or 16. It was one of the very early ones. So, um, yeah, Jackie Kelm is positivitystrategist.com slash PS16 um, so yeah that was fantastic and as I said we've already spoken to Suzanne so yes it's, it's lovely to, for, to have these conversations so that other people can recognise the kind of work that's being done and you mentioned your resources and what you're creating, you're incredibly creative and productive Tim with these AI resources, that people can go to your website and under resources see all the things that you've created um, so why don't you kind of take us there for a moment? I know that you, you're continuing to develop. But so what are some of the new things there or some of the... Well,
1: the, 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 the kind of, um, well, two or three, I think the interesting thing just before we start that is, that is that we were... One of the things that we, what started us on the journey about AI resources, yeah, again was your influence, from partly your influence, but also, thank you for
0: that. I didn't realise I was (laughs) so influential. So we better say the name of my book, which is, (laughs) which is Appreciative Inquiry for Collaborative Solutions Twenty-One Strength-Based Workshops.
1: Yes, it. That's the one. (laughs) Thank you, And, and that's partly because. What we began to get concerned about is we went on AI courses or heard about them where you handed out a large folder of materials you never looked at again. Yeah. Where was the stuff that was practical, accessible, able to picked up? And that's when we developed AI essentials. So they- you
0: could do it for yourself, right? Partly. Yeah.
1: Um, partly for AI practitioners to have a ready resource. If you're sitting in your desk working, you said, remind me, What's the positive principle? You could go to the pack and take out the card and it tells you what the basics are. We also wanted the discipline of having to do a card on a subject matter like social construction in under 500 words. Whoa. That discipline made us really think, whoa, what's essential? Uh, and that's hence hence AI Essentials.
0: Wow, I love it. What's essential? Um,
1: hmm. And that's and that pack is now, you can also buy as a pack from us and equally you go to Amazon, you can buy it as an e-book now, so you can get that through the, our site. Mm-hmm. But then two years on, well, we, two things happened. One was we were working in communities and doing lots of AI conversations in communities. And one community said to us, actually, that's great, Tim, but we don't feel very confident about having conversations. Could you train us in conversations and doing AI protocols? So, okay, we put a workshop on. 15 workshops later, we realized <laughs> that we needed to produce resource for communities. Mm-hmm. Hence, hence, creating um, great conversations, which mm. is really a resource pack for people facilitating. Um, and that's what the second one. Then the third one was, what happens if you only got one day or two days? What is the even more essential? <laughs> and that was Taste of AI. Uh, and that came out two years ago. Right. It's now on its third reprint, about to be third reprinted and upgraded. Uh, and Taste of AI is actually um, dedicated to Jane and Ralph. Mm-hmm. Uh, and taste of AI 2.0 will be out in December, which is an upgrade of the uh, cards from our experience. Mm-hmm. Now we've got four, uh, 15 cards, not 12, with new cards on appreciative leadership, mm-hmm. positive emotions, and the 5C project we've been working on, which is a, fre- a checklist for the AI uh, be- being delivered in an appropriate mm-hmm. way. And then that was that was the three. There were the AI materials.
0: Yeah. Can you just stop for a sec? Yeah. Um, because and maybe you want to come back to this because um, I've really interrupted your flow, but I was, I'd love you to talk about the five C's. Maybe do you want to come back to that or?
1: Um, I'll come back to it. Yeah, no, okay. i, don't know. I don't know. Okay. do not now. It's easier. Okay. Okay. The five C's are, what, 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 what am I concerning? picked up Gervais's, Gervais Bush's work here. I, I, mean, I think one of the things I really think Gervais has made a an influence on us is the importance of generativity. Sure. And the actual realization that AI isn't about positive thinking; it's about generating shift.
0: Mm. That's, and that's a big,
1: it, yeah. big lesson for us. So, and he was very helpful on our generativity card, giving us clarity about what we need to say. But Gervais's things about how an AI intervention can be short; it can be doesn't land; it doesn't appear. So, what we looked at is what happens. What is the recipe? What is the ingredients of an AI process that is sustainable and long and, and work and should work? And continues to work. And, it's, and the answer was five C's, which is number one, is conversations, uh, cooperation, co-creation, co-design, and continuation or commitment. And they were the five C's.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we looked, sorry, and then, and then we tested it and got some good ideas back. And then recently... We said, well, hold on, how do you know that's going to happen? So, what we've we've been influenced by is a guy called Atwal Gowandi called the Checklist Manifesto and how hospitals and the aircraft industry use checklists to ensure things happen. Great. So, we're we're now about to create a checklist. So, you'll be able to have a checklist to say, you know, because will maybe based on a series of mini protocols, like you know, our conversations continue to take place, our protocols still are being used. Um, are you still co-creating? Show and, and evidence it, not mm-hmm. just a t- Give us the evidence. What's happening?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's being of, That's being developed now. It will be in the new card. So it's really work we've been on for about a year and a half now. Um, and how? And are the principles still in play? In play. Mm-hmm.
0: That's great. I remember now that I had this conversation with Suzanne. Right. And when she talked about the five Cs, I said, I've actually developed the six Cs, so can I share my six and Cs on, with go you?
1: Go on, <laughs> Change it now, no problem.
0: So collaboration, co-creation, <laughs> co-responsibility, co-construction, coordination and community.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. But uh, I, left,
0: I left our – I like your conversation in there.
1: Because so, that's a- – yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, if I'm looking at what is the most essential part, even though the essential part of AI, mm-hmm. it's conversations yeah. and questions.
0: Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Not,
1: and you know, it, as much as I would love to do a three day summit in UK society, that ain't going to happen.
0: Mm. Uh, Why is that so? Cost. Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. Cost, and, and, and certainly in our client base, the public sector, if you think the council, a local government will allow staff to come away for three days, right. the political flack will be enormous.
0: Yeah. Are you working mainly in government sector?
1: Uh, community, yes, and health and government. Yes. That's, where, yeah. that's mainly because that's our route. Yes. Uh, that's I. I my yeah. background is government and yeah. Suzanne's Housing Association and, and International Development, so that's Ooh. the reason it's there.
0: Yeah, excellent. So, Tim... Um, I, I would love for you to talk a little bit about, um, you've, you've touched on it, but your process. So you, you've got these kind of smaller trainings and then there's longer trainings and then there's kind of the practicum. So would you like to just talk us through how you think it's most effective to learn to be an AI practitioner or to apply AI? I don't know. Maybe there are distinctions there.
1: Uh, I don't know the distinction. I, what I do know is I think is, and this is our experience, we're not finalized it yet. Is I think AI to get to AI practitioner is a journey journey of self and journey of training and journey of reading. What I, what I have a challenge with myself is someone who read a book and says, I'm an AI practitioner,
0: hmm. or and goes I, through a discovery interview and says, correct. I can do it, or it doesn't work. I mean, both yes, of those that, things happen, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, how do you then build in the the opportunity for people to learn and grow, and also understand that sometimes, sometimes to come across a peership inquiry, if you're trained in the traditional management styles and everything else, is actually traumatic. It's challenging your own thinking. Mm-hmm. Where you've been trained to think, you know, Taylorism is still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so that kind of journey of how you rethink stuff. So, what we decided to do and develop is that. A two-day introduction called "Taste of AI," main around the conversations and the principles, is a good way to start. And and ideally, that includes journaling, a, a, using a journal to build your own experience up and developing your appreciative muscle, as Jackie Kelman would say. And then and then, alongside that, to provide coaching and individual thinking partner support for people testing out conversations and and. Ideas of meetings and very simple AI interventions mm-hmm. with a small scale practicum round, like design an AI conversation and hold five conversations and write it up. So something very so they can build their confidence up slowly. That's the that's the basic one. Then from that move to if they want to after I think at least nine months of practice. Wow. Yep. To actually a three in our case it's a three day residential advanced course which is called deepening your ai practice and that's where they share their stories so far where they're going with it some new we revisit the principles we look at some case studies we show some films really just a deepening of experience building up a community and then beyond that there's further practical stuff and also um, more coaching if required Mm.
0: tim Tim, do these these trainings happen like an open forums so anyone can join or are they often organisational specific or, in you know, um, institution specific?
1: I think we've we uh, had a conversation with Champlain about this. 90, 98% of our courses are client specific. Uh-huh. We've tried marketing out there and it doesn't seem to work mm. uh, for us um, And but we found the, a very rich seam in actually doing it in-house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, it helps. The, the big bonus of this is that they have you have a community of practitioners within organisation sharing with each other.
0: Absolutely. So you're
1: building sustainable.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely.
1: Having said, I mean, that, it's
0: huge leadership development. It's organisation development. It's correct. personal development. Your, you know, there's a sustainability factor. You're building it into the into the culture of the organisation. So it's really valuable.
1: Now, a good example of that is, is Zan has, has worked for two or three years now with the British Red Cross uh, nationally, and she has developed around their whole staff engagement. And, pure, and, and through that process, a number of people in the courses want to know more, want to learn more about AI. And because of, we have uh, the advanced programme, which is normally designed for, for appreciating church, we've given over... Um, four places to, on each course to non-church people, and we weren't sure what, whether that would work in the first time round. But the actual feedback from both the church people and the non-church people was fantastic. Can we have them? We we learned so much from each other.
0: <laughs>
1: Beautiful. So, so the one in November. What we, might
0: be a non-church person? Somebody just well, outside well, that.
1: Yeah, NGO coming from like well in the case. Oh of the one, right, okay. Uh, community organisation, or in, in fact, I, I think at one point we had uh, one Hindu coming to the next course, um, and um, two for the Red Cross. But then they're, they're okay with this because we don't push it either way. We say people are sharing practice, and, the, and they found enormous value in crossing. I mean, in our last course, we had a community development expert who has gone on to advise the churches on some community mm. development projects. Mm. That's right, fabulous, right? yeah. So it's not – they've not – you know, it's not been a – you know, we don't, we don't do, this is the Christian gospel advanced course. Mm-hmm. So this is AI practice. And, and they're coming from, most of them are coming with a, with a good OD background as well, like non-you and all that. So it isn't, um, it's, it's, it works. It seems to work quite well mm-hmm. in the mixture.
0: Well, one of the values of appreciative inquiry is opening your own perspective.
1: Yes. And correct.
0: listening to the stories or the narrative of others. So I think this is beautiful what you're doing.
1: Then the other thing with, I didn't mention is beyond the training is that we are, is that next June, I haven't got the dates with me, but the next June, we, uh, we, we'll, there'll be a, a, adverts going out at the end of this month, is that we're running a four-day AI retreat um, in, in Windermere Lake District for anybody, a, any AI practitioner who wants to come and share practice. Uh, and that's running next June. that's really for just people who want to just be amongst other people sharing mm. what's going on.
0: In the AI world yeah, I love it yeah
1: and um, that's also I can't there's a name for it, but it's, and Suzanne is directing it excellent uh, and I'm going as a participant um. But it's going to be very much a bit like the stuff that Anne Radford developed for Boar Place but probably slightly different.
0: Well, i tell it's you what, Tim, um if you, after we've finished recording, if you can check on the dates of that, I can add that to the show notes.
1: Yeah, I will do. I will um, do.
0: As I will with all the, you know, the yeah, list yeah. of resources and stuff so people yeah. can, you know, access yeah. all your information.
1: I'll email that to you.
0: Yeah, please do that because um that sounds... Very tempting.
1: <laughs> it's also four days in the middle of Windermere, in the middle of Lake District as well.
0: Beautiful. In <laughs> July.
1: July. Oh. And it's all and the fee includes all the accommodation, all the food and everything.
0: Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it'd be wonderful from an American's point of view to kind of mix with Europeans.
1: That would be a great value. If,
0: if you let them in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's... Um, <laughs> I think, I think it, you know, it's sometimes – I have a sense, and we had an earlier conversation about this, but I have a sense that AI is going through a sea change. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, becoming, uh, it's coming not just OD and not just the big structures and systems, but being about the self, about the small group, the team, the change in culture, the, the shift in organisation, the shift in thinking. Mm-hmm. Because if we, if we live in a world that is so complex – and only by adaptability and flexibility will we be able to cope. AI is the tool to do that, mm-hmm. is the approach. It's a mistake of mine. I don't use the word tool. It's an approach that matters. Much better. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know when people talk about tools, I think, hmm, okay.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, no. but, but hey, you know,
0: things. that's 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 just a language. It's a syntactical thing, right? Yeah, not syntax, think, well, but semantics, yeah. semantics, yeah.
1: The other le- the other learning I've picked up the last two or three years is learning from other parts of the world that not AI, a uh, management or leadership world, which has a great resonance with AI. And I think one of those would be Turn the Ship Around by David Marquette. Um, and also the work on chaotic thinking
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I think those two influences are, are really important. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Because chaos, because the ability to work in under, the idea that we can structure and plan everything is a complete joke. Mm-hmm. And one of the famous lines in one of our resources is, is from, from um, General Eisenhower, which goes, it's not about the plan, it's about the planning.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you, do you incorporate any open space in,
1: Yes, a lot. Yes,
0: because We're, I think, you know, it's, it's that chaos and complexity yeah. and that out of chaos order emerges. You know, it's a self-organising system. Yeah. So um, and I think, you know, for me when I move into the design or identifying opportunities in design, it's often I like to use an open space, exp- yes. provide that experience yes. so people can yep. s- self-organise and self-select into things that they're passionate and have a sense of urgency about.
1: I mean, we we again. Those influences to us are World Cafe, Open Table. Yes. Uh, and also from from uh, also from Open Table, that thing about R in, you know that 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 tool about you know able to make are these people in your group or in your meeting? Do um, uh, you, you know R in? No, I on, don't. But well, R in means. Have you got people that are able to make decisions?
0: Are in, as in the verb "r" and the preposition A-R-E. in?
1: Two words, two words, A-R-E, and then second word in, I-N. So it
0: is in, yeah, okay.
1: I'll send this to you, but uh, A means people able to make decisions. Mm-hmm. R means responsible, people responsible for decisions. Right. I uh, E is experts in the chosen field you want to look at.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I-N is individuals who no it, 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 individuals who um someone exactly like someone like intelligence no one else has information. oh love it right. yeah and then n is numbers of people who will be affected or will affect the decision
0: great no it's no, new for me
1: um, but it's it's it comes from one of um, the, the open space books uh, but it is really really useful as a standard tool mm. if you're doing a big event are those people present and if they're not, it won't work.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: But it's in the, it will be an appreciating church. <laughs>
0: Very good. Yeah, so, you know, I, I love it. I mean, to, what you're identifying and what resonates for me too is it's a blend of these participatory, um, self-directed principles that, you know, you recognise that people do have the capability to make decisions for themselves given the right um, yeah. opportunities.
1: Um, I think yes. what, I think one of the things also people underestimate about priesthood inquiry, the priest inquiry is actually revolutionary. It's actually about shifting power,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and sometimes that's misun, That's not fully realised how how potentially mm-hmm. um, not dangerous is the wrong word, but potentially exciting and potentially. Yes. Has quite significance yeah. uh, in what you do, and the other thing I think is the is the work Bert Voisiden's work in, in Holland, where he's identified that AI to get the right to get social capital and economic capital, you must have psychological capital first, and what AI does is raise the psychological capital of individuals. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's his research has that indicated, that, and that's really important research in the AI world. Yeah.
0: And I would add, you know, the positive emotion piece fits in somewhere oh, too. Oh,
1: absolutely. Because, yeah, you well, know,
0: well. when you're inviting people to share a past experience where it was a highlight, you're tapping into all the positive emotions that are, make them more resourceful.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing I said, mm. I said to you also linked to that, I think, is is do not ever underestimate the power of narratives. Sure. Yeah. our story Story is yeah. essential in the ai process
0: yeah and um, that just um, i might just want to circle back to what you were saying that you think we're in a you know we're at a sea change here and we're looking at ai 2.0 um and we kind of have had this very short conversation earlier tim but thinking about the five emergent principles of ai yeah. i mean there are those foundational ones which do inform who we are and how we work and how we live our lives, but those principles of wholeness, yep. of um, choice, free choice, awareness, enactment, and narrative, mm. um, I think there that really speaks to how we can kind of begin to create the world that we want to live in.
1: That's right, and I think particularly um, another subject we're going to talk about uh, from journaling is that the wholeness principle is really core and so is the enactment principle core to to the journaling approach
0: can you say more about that now let's talk about the journaling approach because I know you've done it for a number of different kinds of groups so I'd love you to expand
1: right the journaling idea came out originally because Zan's work with um, the hostel residents I think it's the subject of your last of a conversation with her really saw the value of journaling and we also felt that if we if you're going to Create the it support the appreciative muscle. Then a journal was a good idea. So I did some research on journaling and realized that people were selling personal development journals with a few questions and a nice, nice, uh, flashy cover for a lot of money. So we sat down and I and I, it, happened, it happened actually on the Boxing Day day after Christmas, mm-hmm. at two in the morning or four in the morning. I woke up and said, "I got to do a journal." So I wrote the concept of the whole journal. Then emailed Jackie Kelm to say, Jackie, can I use your materials? And he said, of course you can Tim. Mm -hmm. So then the following April at Ghent, we published Food for Thought, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which is used as supporting the training program, but also its own right is a um, well-being and uh, appreciative journal with questions in and you fill it in and all that kind of thing. So it's a kind of personal journal. And that's used by um, individuals going through for personal development or it's used part of training or it's used in counseling with clients as a way of continuing the work between counseling sessions that's where how food for thoughts used mm-hmm. then beyond that uh, the story goes that one of my friends is chair of governors or trustees of a school in liverpool was most concerned to hear about the level of anxiety and lack of resilience in their students uh-huh said i think we need to talk to tim and suzanne because i use food for, he he gone through a bit of a difficult personal crisis i use food for thought i think we ought to use something else so that was in an april of 2014 and in september 2014 we produced how to be more awesome which was co-designed with 20 students mm-hmm. and it's a 12 month resilience program for young people illustrated with uh, a personal soar in it soar in it to do lists, tasks, exercises—all about relationships, uh, resilience, bouncing back—and mm. and, that—that's that, awesome one. And then that then has led to a whole range of other journals being under development. Mm. One for national waterways museums around well-being. Um, one for dementia caregivers, and um, more recently, um, we did how to be more awesome too. <laughs> uh, not the film version, but the uh, <laughs> Art 2 which in fact is a 12-month academic diary, year diary, but actually the diary wraps around a 12-month resilience program.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's designed for teachers and secondary schools, and yeah. that came out 10 days ago. Fantastic. And, remember, and hot off the press. And today we began conversations and agreed partnership to develop a one for military veterans for women, women uh, soldiers returning back from combat or going through a difficult time, Amazing. and that's today's. And also, I think, off the even hot off the press, we might be asked to do one for trade unions Holy. for their negotiators.
0: That's wonderful. Uh,
1: but also, the other one we're doing two we're looking at very early days on is one for if you uh, if you have young children. We're doing one based around Peter Rabbit,
0: <laughs> and you already have um, Sean the Sean the sheep, right? <laughs>
1: Uh, we're looking at yeah, and that's really about how do – I mean, it's very interesting how – because in our research, children three to five don't do gratitude. It's not part of their learning. It comes later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're looking at different ways of how they say thank you, mm-hmm. how they are aware the curiosity. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the Sean the Sheep, if you're, if you're a Sean the Sheep fan, you watch the movie – then you have a full understanding. This is about team building, about leadership, problem solving. Mm. From a and that's designed for well, mm. we say about eight to fifteen. We think more likely all ages, because John the Sheep is so funny. So how uh, do
0: how do kids at that age journal?
1: Well, they will what three to five. Three to five. I think that journal's a wrong title. It's going to probably be more of a book that you can play. You can play and do things in and activities draw. Yes. And that, yes. that's more likely. It's more a resource yeah. than a journal. Yeah. And certainly, if you, well, it's very interesting today talking to the colleagues today about uh, the military veterans. We have a policy now of illustrating our journals, and we've ne- just agreed today that, the, that one of the illustrators will be an ex-soldier. Because to have an illustrator who has an army has military experience is a really good idea.
0: Sure.
1: And we found somebody to do that.
0: Yeah, that's great. And, again, it's the contextualising. So people feel that they can connect and relate and they're understood and they can contribute. You know, yeah. it's all part of, kind of, it's part of my life's narrative and yeah. there are parts of it that I'm very proud of and there are parts of it that I can change. So I think, I think it's...
1: One thing in the journal also is that the two major influences, the questions without doubt are drawn from a priestly inquiry. Yeah, that's yeah. Where Barbara Fredericks' work comes in is that we have... Twenty-eight day program, three good things, mm. yeah. That so you say
0: every day or something. Every day, yeah. So yeah.
1: that's the two major influences, yeah. Plus mindfulness is coming mm-hmm. to it, good, and plus some of the thing on well-being and resilience and and health from Seligman. Yeah. So that's the key themes. Yeah. The, the other thing about it is you actually have to put something in there that doesn't actually just encourage writing, but actually drawing sketching, adding pictures in, doing it all, really encouraging, you know, people just to have different ways of learning, Um, and that's what they do. The other thing we do is we we put jokes in (laughs) and useful facts. And Mm -hmm. someone said, why you put jokes in the first one? I said, because the young people we were working with said they came up with a task, which was cheer up a friend and tell them a bad joke. And, of course, bad means good in young people's dialect. (laughs) So we said, okay, let's have a joke session. I mean, about 25 jokes went in in the end. One of them I couldn't put in. I won't tell the joke because it was slightly kind of potentially it was um, not help, not helpful. It was, it wasn't racist or anything else. It was just that it was a bit could be a bit indelicate if I read the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But I promise, but I promised the guy um, that I would tell the joke at the launch, so I did. <laughs> um, and uh, but the joke thing is really important. People like it. And one of the most fame favorite favored quotes in the awesome journals is from um, J.K. Rowling. It's from Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and it says. When things look dark, remember to turn the light on. (laughs) And it comes from Albus Dumbledore. That's the most popular quote in the book. That's great.
0: So, Tim, with regard to journaling, where does the conversation piece fit in?
1: The conversation piece can be, in the case of the school ones, with the teacher and the parent and the child, the young person. It can be peer-to-peer. We have experience with the journals where the journals are done sometimes in a group. They do them all together, and they, they they talk about their answers. So that that's what's happening. They do they do the questions together? So sometimes they do it by themselves, sometimes in pairs, sometimes in groups. It seems to vary. Mm. So different, and we do use pro. We, so the questions are for the self to do really, but sometimes with help from the, from an adult or from a teacher or from a parent. Mm. Does
0: that
1: make sense to you? Is that what, um, yes,
0: uh, yes, absolutely. You know, some people may find a lot of value like, you know, people who keep diary, you know, you keep a diary because yeah. the journaling is so important to you. And then other yeah. people, you know, whether it's by virtue of, you know, preference or style or distraction whatever, may may not be inclined to journal. So I'm
1: That's just wondering right, how
0: you might factor those differences well, but- in.
1: I mean, we have to allow for the – some people journaling is a waste of time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not where they're at. I mean, I'm not a great journaler, but I do, I do occasionally will use it for a week or two. Uh, it's, it's, what, it's what suits mm-hmm. you is being flexible about mm-hmm. it. Sometimes you're just drawing out – I mean, I know one youth group have, have used all the exercise in it to be their youth work curriculum for the youth club for three months.
0: That's great,
1: yeah. Because one, one of the tasks was bake a cake for a friend. They had a baking session. So, you know, because I'm by bi- bi- profession, I'm a youth worker, much of that experience of, of putting things in there to, to cause group activity has been built in as well. That's
0: great. Yeah, that's terrific. Is there an online version or is it all paper No, I didn't
1: question that. We, when we first began the research on it, and, this is, and the school we work with is a school that specializes in gaming, IT, uh-huh. filmmaking and software development. We said to them, do you want to be online? They said, no. <laughs> I said why? They said at that point, out of their backpacks came all their notebooks, and I said, well, "What's that about?" They said, "Well, because we like to write things. Hmm. We like both, to be honest." Mm. So what we designed with Awesome is that you can do you can do the right um, you write in it, but if you put your if you put your um, smartphone you, you, next to your next to your uh, journal, you can find on the website all the links you need to find to, to materials or TED talks, etc. So that I think though so funny enough for the military veterans journal we will explore an app.
0: Right. Online right. version.
1: But we're not but it's interesting because some people don't like it. It's not what you think. And the research is clear if you write things down or draw things you remember them.
0: Yes, I'm aware of that, yeah.
1: So we not we're not we're trying to look at how you do both. Yes. Um, but the thing also important is you'll see when your copy arrives is, that, is making the journal look as professional and as...
0: Attractive, yeah. As a,
1: that, and certainly we do it. That's what, um, you know, all our materials have a reputation for. They look good. mm mm-hmm. uh, They are good. Uh, the oh, I will are,
0: vouch for uh, that. They're uh, awesome. Yeah, they're and awesome. I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and actually it was a Canadian, Canadian Czech who came out with the title How to be More Awesome. mm mm-hmm. It's not my first choice, um, but, uh, but, but that was theirs, and they, they, they had the right because that was their project. Um, yeah. but that, and that's the other bit about developing journals. As we develop them, one of the requirements we have in all development is they're tested. So we do the part we do to – a you know, new word appearing in AI about prototyping is very clear. Yes. We prototype them. We design them, we prototype them, we refine them. So, all the time, everyone is, so everything we do at the end is, is tested. Mm. Not to find, and we still you know, keep changing stuff as so we go along. But we've learned this. So, when we do the dementia caregivers one, the next stage of it, we're working with about 25 to 30 people, dementia caregivers, to say, does this work for you? What, what, was, what works for you? So, we're following the AI approach in that journaling approach.
0: Yeah, I think this is great. I'm very excited about these resources and um, I will definitely put a link there for people to be able to look at them. Tim, is there anything else that you want to add um, by way of closing? Um, anything else that you feel that um, um, I, I haven't asked or has come up for you that you ha- that we didn't develop?
1: Not Only a little hook maybe for the next one, not for me, for Suzanne, is that We are about to embark in some work with the National Health Service and partners around learning from excellence. So instead of looking at what's wrong with an operation or a health service, when it works really well, what happens? So when you do more of what happens really well, you might actually make less mistakes. It's been pioneered um, – it's, it's not just in the UK. There's been some approaches in America yeah. and, and in Australia mm. and in Denmark. But it, actually, I don't think we're aware of – we know that the Birmingham Children's Hospital, which is a famous hospital in Britain, wanted to um, wanted to look at excellence. hmm And they said, you know, we're fed up, we, Okay, we have an operation doesn't go very well. We spent hours debriefing it, what happened. We never go through an operation that's been brilliant. Mm-hmm. And what do we learn from that? Mm-hmm. so they began to do that. And you're and talking sat- about
0: a surgical operation.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. a surgical operation. Mm-hmm. But it isn't just that. I mean, it's a whole wider the whole service mm-hmm. delivery as well now and all that. Mm-hmm. But that's how they started it. And what they discovered was the only, they felt the only organizational development approach that could help them do this was a inquiry. Yeah. And they began to work on it without actually mm-hmm. us knowing any of this. Then they heard of us. And we we're about to do some work training them up more in the, the approach. Mm-hmm. But but the point is, I think there's some very interesting work emerging for, about this and how this learning from excellence, which is really maybe the stage on from what works. So when mm-hmm. you ask the question, "What works in an organization?" Maybe there's a second stage when something was really excellent. What happened? What what was his, what were his elements?
0: Yes, it elevates it, doesn't it?
1: It takes it to a second yes, stage. Yes. Yes. Now it's early stuff for us, but it is very very interesting and. Um, Worth, I think probably by, Dece- mm. by December, we will be because um, we're working with, a, with an ambulance service and two hospitals as well. We'll have some more mm. understanding of it, and more importantly, how it translates into non-health environments. Because mm-hmm. it's all about mistakes. If you if you look at mistakes in the wrong way, you never learn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You never because we're so risk averse. And one example recently given to us. There are fifty-five pages for the um, giving out of paracetamol in hospitals. <laughs> they ignore it all. They mm. just do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes so it too hard, big, too complex.
1: Yeah, so yeah. it's about that. But that's really interesting. That's where we're going next. With Simplifying
0: it. and yeah, I think simplification is another point. How do you yeah. simplify stuff
1: well, and make it excellent? Well, you can't necessarily. That's why I think Atul Gawande's work on the Checklist Manifesto is really important. Yeah. Because he's looking at how, how an aircraft, and it, it comes to America, you know, when the Americans built the B seventeen bomber, it kept falling out of the sky because it was too complicated. So they built checklists to see how it worked, mm-hmm. and that's how they did. That's how they did it. So it's that kind of how do we, in AI terms, create checklists that enable you to see that things are working.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it,
1: Tim. <laughs> that's where the area work well, is. Well, there's
0: just so much work, and you know, you just said something about, and then they found out about us, and they. Asked us, and this was the hospital situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so I'm hoping as a result of this podcast, many, many, many more people will find out about you and appreciating people because you are doing fabulous work.
1: And also I think it's also we're, we're blessed by a community of practitioners and friends across America. Across yeah your country and also friends in Canada and India and Australia, yep. where I know that without them, we our thinking mm. is so influenced by other people. Mm. It isn't just us by any means. Absolutely. It's how we, we've learned so much from others. I mean, Jeannie Cockerell, Joe MacArthur Blair, again, people who really we value, their learning.
0: Yeah, beautifully said. All right. Well, Tim, I want to say thank you and just a reminder again that people can read... Um, and find links on the show notes page, which is com slash PS55. So this is episode 55 and um, links to uh, appreciatingpeople.com.uk and all of that will be there. So, Tim, I know we're going to continue our conversation, but for the sake of today, we have been chatting for an hour and it's been so beautiful. Thank you so much, Tim, for being with me today.
1: Thank you, Robin, and thanks for the, the delight of sharing some thoughts.
0: Oh, lots of wonderful thoughts, Tim. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember what you focus on grows. So grow towards your best.